0: Oh my gosh. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to the FC Podcast. My name is Bobby. I'm delighted to be talking to you this fine day. Apparently, there's an excessive heat warning outside, so be sure to drink plenty of water and say the word excessive as excessively as possible. Because it's fun. Anyway, here's what's happening right now at Foundations Church. FC Kids at the movies. I talked about this last week, so just to recap, it'll happen on the morning of Friday the 15th, not the 13th because that would warrant a sequel, with the exact time to be posted on Facebook as the theater doesn't share their weekend showings until later on than now. So, basically, just check Facebook if you want to let your kids go to the movies with us. Also, big meeting for anyone who's interested in coming to Ethiopia with us this November... Be sure to come and hang out with us after the second service on Sunday the 17th if you're interested in coming on this missions trip with us. I Don't worry, there's no commitment. This is just your chance to see what it's all about. All right, that's it. Without further ado, here's Pastor Justin Graves delivering the final service in our Redneck series. It's been fun, but this dynasty's ducking out, y'all.
1: Yeehaw! Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody here on Fourth of July uh, weekend. A a couple things before we get into our message. This is our last week of our Redneck series. If you've missed any of this series, it has been one of my favorite series we've done all year long. Um, So make sure you go and watch or listen to podcasts while you're driving to the lake or doing whatever. Um, It's just been a great, great series. But an announcement I want to make today is that July seventeenth, after our second service. We are going to be having a meeting in here for anybody that is interested in going on a missions trip to Ethiopia. Uh, we did this trip last year in November. We're going to take this trip again in November. Um, but on the 17th, we're going to be talking about this trip. If you are interested in going, let me tell you, um, I went last year and it is, I've been on a lot of missions trips. This is one of the best mission strips I've ever been on. Um, in my top two mission strips, this is in my top two. I don't know which one was better, um, but I was at a total different stage the other one. I was a high school senior, um, and so it was a little different. But man, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal trip. And if you've never been on a mission strip, um, we really want you to go. Um, if, if you are just interested and you love doing mission strips, can I tell you, there's something about going on a missions trip that just changes, it changes your life um, and it changes the way you look at the blessings of God and everything else. And so um, if you want information about that trip, make sure you're here July 17th after second service. The trip dates are November 4th, Through the 11th, uh, November 4th through the 11th. And I will tell you, spots are very limited. We only have 10 spots um, because we want to make sure when we go, we don't just take as many people as possible so we can build our numbers. We want to make sure that everybody has a God encounter, a God experience. Um, And so we try to take a limited amount of people so we can make sure that everybody is having an incredible, incredible trip. So if you're interested in that, make sure that you're here July 17th after second service. Um, Today, For my sermon, we're going to be talking about a topic I have no idea what I'm talking about, Um, so I'm just going to lay that out there. It's hunting. Um, I am not a hunter. I am not... Any, I've never been hunting um, because that would mean a person would have to trust me next to them with a gun. Um, and I don't know of anybody quite that brave. But uh, uh, today my sermon is entitled Lessons from the Deer Stand. And, and, and let me say this. I had to do a lot of research for this sermon to find out if what I'm saying is true. And so what I am saying is true. Uh, but if you are uh, if you like hunting deer, if you like hunting elk, or whatever it is, um, that you have to be quiet and still. I am not your guy. I, I, I'm not I, I, I'm not trying to get out of something. You're going to hate me by the end of the trip because you're never going to see a deer. You're never going to see an elk. You're never going to see a pig. You're never going to see whatever it is that you're hoping to see because I can't stop talking, and I can't stop moving. I promise. I move. I've moved. Since I came out of the womb, I think it was like, woo. I just can't stop moving. And, And to hunt a deer, you've got to get out at the crack of dawn when it's dark. And take limited light, which freaks me out, just to be honest, to go into the dark of a 4 I've seen too many horror movies, but you walk out into the dark with as little light as you can. Like I'm like, give me a floodlight if I'm walking out in the dark, because I'm gonna be the guy that's in front and knocks all the spider webs, and when you hit one, you act like you're getting the Holy Ghost. You're like, oh glory. You know, you try to take it all. I mean, it's just ah, and you get in a stand and I don't know what it is about having to get somewhere and the object is to be quiet and still. Like when you play hide and seek. Okay. I play hide and seek. Every time I go play hide and seek, I don't know what it is. There has to be a connection, but all of a sudden I have to go use the restroom. I'm i like, I need to use the restroom. And so I don't know how these hunters do it. I, 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 No, no, it's not for me, but today I want to talk to you about the lesson from the deer stand, and it is simply this, learning to be still. Learning to be still. And I will tell you, today's message, I have a whole lot of work to do in this area of my life. I would say probably the majority of us in this room have a lot of work to do when it comes to this topic, when it comes to this area of our life of just learning to be still. Because one thing I know, one thing I know from lessons, from talking to the the hunters, one thing I know about life in general, and it's our first point, is that it takes effort to be still. It, It takes a lot of effort for you and I to be still. Now, whether it's worship, um, I'm always moving. When I'm speaking, when I talk, I talk with my hands. It's really hard. We've tried to put pictures up on the internet of me speaking, and it's usually something like this. You know, or um, I'm just always talking with my hands. I'm always moving when I speak. Uh, When when I when I watch TV, if I'm sitting there, I'm moving. I'm I'm moving around. Um, I've done this since I was a little kid. I mean, I just constantly move at school. I couldn't stop being fidgety. It wasn't because um, my dad didn't beat my butt because he did plenty. I had Randy on the back of my hind cheeks for about a month. Um, But it it wasn't because you know I was. I, I just I can't stop moving and. Literally, even to this day, when I go to sleep, I move. My feet just move like this. Casey calls them rudders. She's just like, it just, the covers just go, blow, 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 um, I, I just move. In fact, a couple of years ago, we were sitting there and I was asleep. And Casey was asleep, and all of a sudden, she starts hitting me. And I'm like, what is going on, woman? What are you doing? You know, I'm like, stop hitting me. And she's like, stop moving. And I'm like, I'm not moving. And we stayed there, and all of a sudden, we were having an earthquake. And I'm like, we're having an earthquake, you know? And I'm like freaking out in bed. I'm like, whoa, you know? and it, Yeah, our bed was shaking for all kinds of different reasons. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. My wife's like, yeah, you're done, you're done, time out. But when we're made to be still, when we, when we get on to our kids, it's punishment, isn't it? You say, you know what, you're acting up, you need to go time out. Anyways, time out, and you need to go be still and be quiet. And if they're not still and quiet, they get in trouble because they're in time out. And we look at being still, we look at being quiet is something we don't do because we're not good at it. I'm I'm not good at it. And yet for you and I as followers of Christ, this is something that we have to really work on and you and I really need to get good at. And, And here's the good news for some of you. Is that for, if you're struggling with this, like me, man, you just, you, you're, you're a doer and you're not good at being, you're not good at just staying still. Um, you're not the only one, even in the early parts of the Bible, this was a struggle for the Israelites. Now the Israelites, when Moses goes to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, they had been slaves for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to the Egyptians, And so, as a slave, this was before there was 10 commandments, this was before there was a commandment to keep the Sabbath and make it holy and keep it holy, meaning that you stayed still, that you didn't do anything during the Sabbath. No, no, no. This was when they were slaves, and they were used to doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing, and, and you didn't sit still, because if you sat still, you got whipped and you got beaten. So, you became very good at doing, and even when Moses went to deliver and confront Pharaoh, of Egypt and delivered the Israelites, there was plagues that followed Moses, right? That that the Lord sent, and and there's plagues, and they're seeing God do things. And our passage, our first passage of today, when, when Moses leads them out of Egypt, and they come to the Red Sea, they're in trouble, because they see Pharaoh coming behind them. They see the Red Sea in front of them, and we pick up in Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 14, and it says this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done? to us. Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. And I want to stop here just for a second because one thing, and this has nothing to do with my message, but one thing that catches my attention right here is that the Egyptians have been praying for hundreds and hundreds of years to send a deliverer, to be delivered from the oppression of the Egyptians, to, to, to be delivered from, from the, the Pharaoh and the abuse. And they finally get delivered, and they let their blessing turn into a burden. They let the very thing that God blessed them with become the thing that they were burdened with. And you and I do the same thing so many times. We pray and we pray to God for this job, only to God send the job along and send that job, and then what do we start complaining and grumbling to God about? Our job. We pray to God, God give us this house, and God grants us the finances, and we've been smart, and he, he, he gives us this blessing, and then something goes wrong with our house, and we grumble about the very blessing that God has blessed us with. Don't allow God's blessings to turn into your burdens. Don't start griping about the blessings. Don't start grumbling about the blessings because we do it and we do it really well here in this country and in this church. We allow our blessings to turn into our burdens and that's where the Egyptians are. They're freaking out. They're like, why didn't you just leave us, leave us alone? But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Can you imagine if, if this is me, if I'm one of the Israelites and I start griping at Moses and I start complaining to Moses, Moses, hey, 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 what's plan B here? Because this plan stinks. This is not a good plan. And here's Moses' reply oh, just stand still. Just calm, calm, calm yourself, you know, and, and, and watch what God does. He doesn't even tell us what God's going to do at this moment, does he? He just says, stand still and watch the Lord fight for you. Just, just be calm. Just settle down. I know, I, I know you can hear the hoofs and the chariots coming down, and I know you can't swim, but be calm. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for you. When there's situations that you're just saying, God, do something, and God says, just remain calm and stay still, how do you do with that? Because you know what? I don't do well with that. I, I, when, when things go wrong, I start trying to do things. And, and in life, we become task oriented people. We become very task-oriented people because there is, you have given me something to do, I have done it, and there's a reward of completing that, and we become really good at being task-oriented. In fact, if there's uh, uh, work to be done around the house, or Casey needs me to help with some things, I say, hey, babe, if you will write this stuff down, write it down, and she's like, why do you want me to write it down? Because I want to see exactly what you're asking, and I want to be able to feel the pleasure of crossing that thing off of the list, you know, when I get to the end, I'm like, yes, I did it. You know, it's like I need a star or something, um, but, but I, there, there's, a, there's a, this is what was asked, this is what was done, and I have done something with my time. There is a, 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 a reward. There is a completion. I can say I've done this with my time, with my life, and we become very task-oriented people, and we don't say, stay still. We, 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 we don't stay still and let the Lord move. We become... Task-oriented, we, we, we want to say, you know, I, 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 this is what I did with my day, because if I waste a day, I feel really guilty about it. If I waste my time, I'm very frustrated with wasting time. I get frustrated with waiting. You get frustrated with waiting. You get frustrated when your flight is delayed, because you have to wait. There's time that is wasted. You have already spent your time somewhere else, but it's saying, man, you got to wait. And that's what Moses is telling the Israelites, you know what, you can't control this situation, so you know what you have to do? Be still and watch the Lord. Wait for him and watch him move. Watch him work in a way that he hasn't worked before. How are you at waiting? How are you at being still? Because the truth is, I would say 98% of us here, were are task-oriented. We're not wait and still-oriented. But the psalmist says this in Psalms 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And I like to like flip this verse because the only way you and I are gonna know that I am is God is when you learn to be still. The only way you and I are gonna know how capable God is of handling our situations isn't by us running around and trying to do it on our own, but is learning to just be still so that we can know he's God. It's it's so that we can know he is all that he promises to be. Do you know what I've noticed is that when I'm running around, when I'm going 50 miles an hour, and we are busy, busy, busy—that's the new norm. We're busy. What we say when people ask how are you doing? Busy. I'm slammed at work. I'm slammed at home. It's Fourth of July. People are gonna say, "What are you doing?" I'm busy. I'm busy cooking. I'm busy firing fireworks, burning my myself, playing you know tag with Roman candles. Don't do that. Um, but you know, I, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And when our busyness, you can't hear the Lord speak to you because the Lord speaks most often to us in a whisper. And one thing I notice about me when I'm jogging, when I'm running, when when I'm exercising, I can't hear somebody whisper to me why I'm moving and why I'm going and why I'm exercising, why I'm doing things. I have to be still in order to hear the whisper. And you and I, many of us, the reason we're so frustrated The reason you're tired, the reason you're worn out, the reason you're aggravated, the reason you're ready to quit this morning is because you don't know how to be still. And because you haven't allowed yourself to be still, you've forgotten that I am is God. You've forgotten not that he's just God over yourself, but he's the Lord over your entire life. And here's what I would say, because this second point fits in so well to our lives. And it's this, is that if we're, if we, if you're not being, you'll forget why you're doing eventually. If, if you and I forget to be, if we just keep doing and doing and doing and doing, if we forget to be eventually, all of us doers will forget why we're doing it in the first place. If, if we don't allow ourselves to be still in his presence, to connect with him, to lock eyes with our savior, if we don't allow ourselves to be still, eventually all these great noble things that you're doing with your life, you're gonna forget why you're doing it in the first place. Do you know, I was, I'm reading a book called Leadership Pain and one of the things that it talks about in there is that last year, every month of 2015, last year, 1,700 pastors resigned a month. They quit the ministry. They just just quit. They were done. You know why? Because they were professional doers. And they stunk at being beer's. And you and I, as, as followers of Christ, we have become doers. And, and hear me, we are called to be doers of his word. That's what James says. This is not an excuse to just say, you know what? I'm not doing nothing. I'm just going to sit here and be, um, you know, that's, that's not what this message is about. But we have gotten it off balance. We have gotten to the place where we're a lot more comfortable doing Than we are being, we're a lot more comfortable being Martha than we are Mary. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, out of the message says this As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village, and a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. And she had a sister, Mary, who had sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them, and I can hear this playing out, having two daughters myself. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. And the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken away from her. Now the interesting part of this story, I love this story, I love the way it reads out the message is this, is that Martha is the one that literally is the one that went out into the village and welcomed Jesus into her house. It wasn't Mary, it was Martha. She went out and said, Jesus, come to my home, come, dude, she, she led the way. But in the process of inviting the master's presence into her home, she got busy doing instead of being. She got pulled away, the the, the scripture says, she got pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. And Mary starts being, and she's just hanging on to every word. And Martha gets frustrated because she sees her sister just hanging around and hanging out with Jesus while she's doing all these things for Jesus. And she's like, Jesus, I need you to tell her to help me. And he says, what you're picking isn't important. It's not going to matter. But what Mary has chosen, that is going to matter. It's essential. And can I tell you, a lot of us, we're living our lives and we're being pulled in all these different directions and we're doing all this stuff that at the end of our life, at the end of our days, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. And I know that hurts your feelings and it hurts my feelings. And I sat in here Wednesday and God just hit me like a, like a train. I mean, I had a connection and I was just sitting here being still. And he said, finally, you're still and you can focus on what matters. And it's me. It's me that matters. You can do all this stuff, but you know what? If you do it without my presence, it doesn't matter. If you do it without my anointing, Justin, it doesn't matter. You can build a great church, but it won't matter if I'm not in it. And you can build a great life and you can build a great bank account and you can build great houses and you can drive nice things and you can have great kids. But if Jesus isn't at the center of it, if he's not there in the middle of it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And if we just become doers and we become expert doers when God is calling us to be professional beers. Man, he's calling us just to be in his presence and be still so that we know he's God. He's calling us to be Mary, but man, it's so easy to become Martha. He's calling us to hang on to every word he says to to us, But man, it's a lot easier to do. So the question this morning is what's pulling you away? What's pulling me away? What what, what are the different things? Um, For a lot of us, it's unrealistic expectations that we place on ourselves. We think we're gonna be great at everything, and we can make time for everything, and we just, we have unrealistic expectations for us, for our kids, for our spouse, for our employees, of our employer, We set unrealistic expectations and it keeps us busy doing. For some of us, it's the comparison game, and we compare our life, and we try to keep up with all of those around us, and we're doing, and we're trying to stay ahead, and if they've got it, we've got it, and if they've got it, and they're going on this trip, then we need to do this trip so our kids don't feel cheated out, and our kids have to play every sport and every time, and they have to be in this club sport and that club sport, and they're doing great at this, but if Jesus isn't at the center of it, listen to me. I I know the struggle, but you, if Jesus isn't at the center of it, what's it matter? You know what? For what, what I truly believe, and this is a big one for us, it's easier to stay busy than I mean, it's easier to stay busy than it is to take time to be. Because when we're busy, we can ignore the reality that our life is. We can ignore that our marriage is in shambles. We can ignore that our kids, and we don't have to deal with it, that our kids' lives are falling apart. That our life isn't where it should be because if we're busy, we don't have to lock eyes and we don't have to have that time of knowing there's a change that needs to happen. And so we stay busy because it's easier. And Jesus is saying this this morning to us. Stop doing everything that you're doing and learn to be. Because one thing I know, and I've seen this, and I've seen this, and I've seen this. Some of you, you're so close to burnout. Burnout. You're so tired of life, you're frustrated, you're aggravated, and you're just worn out. And if you keep busy doing, you'll forget the reason you're doing it. But you know what, the opposite is true as well. If you take time to be, you can't help but eventually do. If you take time to be, You can't help but eventually do. You know, I can do things for my wife and do things for my wife and do things for my wife, but if we don't have quality time to be together, eventually I'm going to forget why I'm doing everything and trying to be this great husband if I'm not having good time and we're not connecting because we're not being, there's not that intimacy there. And some of us, that's our relationship with Jesus. We don't, there's no intimacy there. This morning, if you're worn out, if you're tired, if you've just been playing the church game and you're doing and you're doing and you're trying to keep all the regulations without the relationship and you've just become a professional Christian and have a professional relationship with Jesus instead of a personal one. Can I tell you, you have bought into the lie of religion because religion says you have to do all this without the relationship. But Jesus wants a relationship. And hear what what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Justin Turnbull, one of our guys here that's big into hunting, he said this. He goes, you know, Justin, he goes, the truth is about hunting and the deer stand is this. If you move, you lose. You lose the very thing you were hoping to see. If you, if you move at all, you lose, you got to be still in order to win. And that's so true for us is that many of us, we want to move right now because we're uncomfortable. We want, we want to move. And I'm telling you, if you continue to just move through life instead of stay still in life, you're going to lose because when we move, We lose. Because the very thing we're hoping that our relationship with Christ looks like, and our family and our life looks like, we lose it when we try to do it without being in His presence. And Jesus says this come to me. Come to me. Don't come to church. Come to me. Come to a relationship with me. Engage with me when you're home. Engage with me when you're on vacation. Engage with me in the mornings, in the evenings. Engage with me. Keep company with me. And his promise says this, if you keep company with me, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So this morning, if you're tired, like it says, are, are you tired? You know what your answer is? Jesus. Are you worn out? Are you maxed out? Are you frustrated? Are you aggravated? Are you ready to quit? your 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 answer isn't a new conference it's not listening to a new ted talk it's not listening to another speech your answer is locking eyes with jesus christ it's a relationship with jesus are you here and you're burned out on church you're burned out on doing and doing and doing your answer isn't all this it's it's jesus Christ are you here and you're tired and you can't sleep can I tell you ambient is not the answer for you to get a rest filled night your answer to your anxiety to your fear to your sorrow to everything that's going on your marriage falling apart it's all found in being in a relationship with Jesus and locking eyes and learning to be still because when you and I learn to be still that's the moment we know that I am is God of it all it's huge so the challenge this morning is learn to be still learn to be a beer learn to be a mary instead of a doer instead of martha take time this week to just be and let's know that he's god of it all let's pray lord we love you we thank you for today God, I ask right now that you would speak to us that you would move in our hearts and our lives. Shane, would you sing that song right now? Just I just want us to sit here just for a few moments just right where you are and I want us to be still. Man, just to be still. And I want you to lock eyes with your Savior, man. When you lock eyes with your spouse, with your kids, you know you're connecting. You know that there's listening happening. And this morning, I don't want you to list out all the things you've got to do, all the things you need God to do, man. I just want you to listen to what God wants to say to you this morning. The Shannon and the worship team sing the song. Learn to be still right here in the next few minutes. Let's just be still. want to be where you are. Come on, sing.
0: at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 and 10.45 a.m. and our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more about us or to get plugged in, check us out online at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message.